most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Mrs. Jones. Yes, sir. We're back. We are. For episode 187. Yep. Where this week we're talking about nothing. That's right. Absolutely nothing because we're exhausted. <laughs> not, not true. We, we are tired, but we're not talking about nothing. Yes. We thought we haven't been here for two weeks because last week we we're away, which we'll talk about in a second. So it's been a two week break. We're glad to be back in your ear holes. That sounds weird. That does sound weird. <laughs> we're glad to be back in your ears. We're glad that you're listening to us again after a two-week hiatus. How about that? That's better. And we have this new rule. Oh, we haven't talked about this. We have this new rule where we're getting up at six o'clock in the morning, which yeah. means we need to be in bed by 10. Yes. And it's now 8.35 when we record this. And I'm thinking if we record a normal talky-talky one, there's going to be a ton of editing, which means I won't be in bed by 10, which means I won't be up by six, which means our new game plan of being up super early. Is six super early? No, like it's probably not super early for a lot of people, but we're not particularly morning people. So six feels pretty early speak to me. Speak for yourself. I'm loving getting up at six. Okay. I feel I like speak for you, darling. I feel like getting up early is my superpower. Ooh. I remember I used to I used to have a job when I was like thirteen. At thirteen years old, I had a job where I would get up, I think maybe around five in the morning and I'd go open the paper shop at like sometime between 5.30 and 6. Is this the one where you ate candy all day long? All, all day long. Mm. <laughs> I would just work down the left side of the candy store and as I was leaving I'd work down the other side. But I used to love it. I mean I would either cycle to work or walk to work or when it got snowy my boss would come pick me up. But being awake at 5 o'clock in the morning 5.30 and walking around the neighbourhood I felt like I had a superpower and I was up before anybody else and it gave me a great start in the day. By the end of the night, n- not so good, but first thing in the morning, I love it. I- I'm really enjoying being up early. Oh, good. Um, I have a technical question for you before we go into our catch-up of two weeks. Go for it. What's your technical question? Should the microphone be sending little shocks into my face while I'm speaking on it? <laughs> That's my new thing that I have, that when you're like drifting off, I just zap you. How's it working? Uh, well, yes, it's keeping me wide awake. Very good. Excellent. Well, it's been two weeks. The reason we weren't here last week was we were driving back from St. Louis, where we did a men's weekend and took a bunch of women. It's true, we did, yes. It was the first men's weekend or men's retreat that I ever spoke at. Right. We've been at this church in St. Louis for how many years? Six, seven? Uh, well, I think, yes. I think I've been going for eight now or something like that. Look at you. Yeah. And traditionally, you've done the women's weekend I've done the men's weekend. Um, we've done. We've both done the youth retreats, which is funny. And this year they were like, hey, Alan, would you come back for the men's weekend? But we want to do our men's weekend all about women because we just realize our men don't know how to connect with their wives or their daughters or their girlfriends or their mothers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But would you and AJ come and teach it together? And we were like, yes. And then you had a dream. That's your cue to speak. Sorry, I forgot to shock you. Let me try that again. And then you had a dream. Yes, I did. <laughs> and what was the dream about? Well, because we were praying about whether to go and do the retreat. Yeah. Um, just because of it being in March and, you know, school for the kids and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, by the time we get to March, we're pretty exhausted. You know, we don't start sort of recovering from the school until late May. So uh, we were praying about that. And I had a dream that in the dream, the Holy Spirit showed up while we were speaking at the retreat. So I woke up and I was like, babe, I think we're supposed to go. I was more thinking that in a dream, we took six people with us, three women and three men. Was that in the dream? Yeah. You had a dream where you took three couples. <laughs> hey, do you write down your dreams? <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> I have an idea. I should. You should start I writing should down write your dreams. Down. Anyway, because of AJ's dream, we ended up taking six people with us, three women, three men. And I loved it. Because I think you're right, babe. I think I did dream that. <laughs> yes. That's why I but remembered it. the thing it. that impacted me the most about the dream was that the Holy Spirit had shown up. But okay. anyway, yeah. All ahead. right. I was more logistical. So what I loved on the Saturday night, we had a panel of women answering questions from men about women. Yes. And I heard they just killed it. I thought it was amazing. It was really fun. Yeah, you had had them text in and they could text anonymously whatever questions they had. And so we answered maybe 10 questions or something like that, uh, which was really fun. I loved it, though. I, I love those guys. Those guys are amazing. It's such a great church. Was it funny getting to meet the husbands of the wives that you've ministered to it was for like seven so or eight years? fun. It was so fun being able to sort of connect the dots and be like, oh, yeah, it was so fun. And then we got to take our kids with us as well, which they love it. They do. Yeah, if we could do more ministry with our kids, yeah, that would make travel way easier. Yeah, it's great to bring them because then you don't miss them. They don't feel like they're missing out. And they love yeah, it. They I had do. a big conversation with Tia tonight as I put her to bed. She was like, Daddy, what do you exactly do for a job? <laughs> so I... You know, she wasn't impressed with the title. So she said, yeah, but what does that mean? What do you actually do on a day-to-day basis? So I told her and that just made her ask. She said, how do you know how to speak for so long? Like, she said, I listened to you and you spoke for like over an hour. How do you know what to say? And I was like, that's a great question. I said, I sit and ask the Holy Spirit and he tells me what to say. So then she was like, well, how do you hear the Holy Spirit? What does he sound like? So I got to teach her how to hear God's voice, which was. Oh, that was tonight. I missed all of that. Well, that's because you were downstairs just uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking cheap beer. Hey, I was cleaning the kitchen. Oh, right? sorry. So, you know, and then smoking cigarettes. And <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> so that was one of the things we did. And then our last week at the school, we sent out many of our students around the world. Yes. How many students do we have? About 70 gone there's, out on outreach? Between this, our small group leaders and the students, yeah, there's like 73 or 75 or something that are... In seven different locations around the world. Yeah, we've got teams in England, Scotland, Canada, Nashville, Australia, Romania, and South Africa. Yeah, amazing. And if you want a little boost of faith, if you go to schoolofsupernaturallife.org slash blog, you can follow along with them. You can also find the hashtags if you're on Instagram to get real-time videos or photos. But just, I spoke to, with Pastor Surprise. I didn't speak to him. He texted me today. Um, we've got a team in South Africa, and he was just saying we've had many miracles, many salvations, many healings. I was wow. like, I can't wait so to hear good. the stories. Whoop, whoop. So, uh, students, if you happen to be listening to this and you're on outreach, I guess you're going into your second week. We love you. We're super proud of you. We're praying for you. We bless you guys. We pray that you're having an amazing time. And thank you. I know there's many people who listen to the podcast who are hosting our teams. Thank you for doing such a good job. We're hearing great things from our students about our host family. So thank you for looking after that. It's so fun as well to just follow them on Instagram and see all the beauty, basically, that they're encountering in in all kinds of different places. I think it's funny because every time somebody from Team Scotland posts, it's like Zelda in real life. How did I not have an appreciation when I lived in Scotland for everything that looks like Zelda. I know. And I keep looking at, you know, they're posting on the side of a cliff and there's another cliff and I'm like, easy. You just jump off of that, press XX, your little wind guy comes up, you go over the other cliff, climb it, you're there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yesterday I was playing Zelda, I came outside and I was waiting for you and I was like, hmm, I could just use Rivali's Gale and jump onto my roof to inspect the roof tiles. 
I was thinking that's ridiculous. Just use your drone. <laughs> Every once in a while when I see things that are sparkling on the side of the road, I think, oh, I should go over and pick that up. <laughs> what is happening I to know. us? I know. It's bad. Oh, what? You, you beat Calamity Gannon. You think, should report on that. I think we already told them that I beat Calamity Gannon. Well, it's worth going through that again. You I did. beat Calamity Gannon. I beat him. And then this bad guy comes out after him that you didn't know existed and you have to beat him too. That's right. We did talk about that because yeah. I remember you did a spoiler alert. Sorry, that's the second time that happened. Anyway, I'm super proud of you, babe, for doing that. Thank you. I also got to speak this morning, which was really fun. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was really good. I spoke on the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. which was, well... I, I thought it was good. I, it was really fun. I, I think I love any time when you can remind people of the things that they know to be true about God, but sometimes we forget them. I also love any time we finish early. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you were funny. We had guests in town and we were taking them out for lunch today. And you were like, what time should I make a reservation for? I was like, I don't know. You're speaking. You decide. And you decided wisely. Thank you. Thank you. We also announced our source conference this morning. We did. Which I had a lot of fun. Because I was sneaky. You were so for those of you who don't know, sneaky. we run two conferences a year at Grace Center. We've traditionally had the Moore Conference in the spring and Heaven Declares Conference in the fall. And so I went as far as making artwork for our Moore 18 conference only to announce that it had been cancelled because we were coming up with the Source Conference. This this happened maybe a couple of months ago. We were sitting down and as a senior team, we were praying through what God's been doing in our church, and we're realizing that the presence of God obviously is a key part of our church. It's it's the DNA of our church, really. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at all the prophetic words that we have over our church and how God wants to bring transformation to our city, and we were thinking, how do we do that? And so we just started talking about, you know, one of the things that's important in life is understanding what you've got so you know what you can give away. And I think it's all too easy to just think that what you have is normal and that's not true. You're unique, you're brilliant, and that that goes for churches too. Every church is unique. Every church has a part of the thumbprint of God on them. And it's only when you recognize what you have that you can understand what you can give away. So for Grace Center, we're realizing, man, we we really value the presence of God and the presence of God is onto something. Yep. So we just started asking ourselves, well, what would it look like to raise our families with a value in the presence of God? Or what would it look like if businesses were led by the presence of God or leaders were inspired to lead via the presence, and and we realized we're just talking about living life in the presence of God. And so, we had this genius idea, which was all Holy Spirit. We were just, I remember, we were at Jeff and Becky's house, weren't yeah, we? we're all just sort of brainstorming over lunch. Sitting around their gorgeous dining room table, and before you know it, we came up with this conference that we think is going to be amazing. We've asked, all of the speakers at the conference are going to be from Grace Center. They're all Grace Center members. Only a handful of them are on staff. The rest are... are church members who are experts in their respective fields, but they love the presence of God. And we have four tracks at this conference. So you can come and learn about, you know, marriage and kids, aka family life in the presence of God. Um, Business, we've got some key leaders in business who are going to be talking about their journey through their careers accompanied by the presence of God. We've got some experts in our church who are going to be talking to us about um living a life fueled by the Holy Spirit, that's health and organization. And then lastly, we've got a track on leadership, both for church leadership and for business leadership. And And so the idea is you come, you do one of those tracks, you get copies of all the other tracks that are happening. It's all bathed in the incredible worship that we so love at Grace Center. 
and we're excited. We, we'd love you to come as well. It's May 18th to 19th. It's the weekend before the Memorial Day weekend, if you're an American and you know what that means. And uh, the reason we're telling you about it now is we have a sale on 48 hours. The tickets are going to be $48. And after Tuesday at lunchtime, it goes up to $60 pre-registration, $80 at the door. So we'd love you to come. We think it's going to be an incredible weekend. It's going to be uh, these workshop sessions, 30 minutes talking, 45-minute Q&A with the audience. And we're really excited to just start giving away some of what the Lord's deposited in our midst. And we, yeah, we couldn't be more excited to host our region. So, I think it's going to be amazing. Come on. Yep. What else happened, babe? You want to see Black Panther? I did. I went to see Black Panther. I thought it was uh, good. I think I'd heard so many people that were like, oh my gosh, it's the best one yet, blah, blah, blah. And I really like... The Avengers ones better, you know, where there's a whole bunch of the characters rather than just one. But it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And then this week they dropped the new Avengers, speaking of Avengers, trailer for... It's coming up quick. Isn't it in April it gets released? I don't know. I haven't. I'm so excited. I haven't witnessed that. But I do know that the Han Solo movie is coming up in the spring as well. Do nothing Perhaps for me. May. Well, you know what? Get over it because you're going to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> a little insight into our marriage right there. We're going to put on our Star Wars outfits. You can do your hair like Princess Leia, and <laughs> off we go. <laughs> Sorry. Don't talk to me about your Leia outfit. Mm-hmm. All right, like we said, we don't have a topic for this week because we're trying to get to bed early. But we do have two listeners' questions. The first one is from Jill. Jill asked this question. She says, I've recently been going through healing prayer training with a group from my church using the Kilstra's book. This is me jumping in here as Alan. The Kilstra's book she's referring to is Chester and Betsy Kilstra's book on inner healing. They're amazing inner healing experts and dear friends of ours. Jill continues, I typically don't like to give the enemy credit for things or even really talk about him because I just don't care about what he's doing. I've heard you talk about not having faith for counterattack, and I know you never put much emphasis on what the enemy does because God is bigger. I'm not trying to walk around with my head in the sand. Obviously, we need to be prepared to an extent, but all this talk about the enemy and going through this training has made me uncomfortable. I guess I'd be curious to hear you talk a little more about your perspective on spiritual warfare and the enemy and inner healing. Thanks. Great question, Jill. Uh, We did a whole episode on this, actually, uh, which is uh, episode 41. So it'd be alanandaj.com slash 41 if you wanted to have a listen to that, uh, because it goes into a whole bunch more detail. But basically, our approach is not to be impressed by the devil, essentially. Uh, we've met so many people who have a very big devil and a very small God, and they seem like they're only content to believe that they're doing something good for God if they're being harassed by the enemy. We think that fruit demonstrates fruitfulness, not warfare. And to be clear, Jill, that's not what we think you're saying. We think you're probably in a similar camp to where we're at. And you may have already listened to episode 41, but, uh, you know, when it comes to the whole topic of inner healing, I get uncomfortable. And I have a very, very small view of what the devil's up to. But when I have to prepare because I'm doing um, research or teaching on some... Uh, deliverance stuff, for example, or if I'm teaching about some aspects of inner healing and I'm listening to people's testimonies, or more recently we've been looking at some specific aspects of warfare, it gets me really uncomfortable because I don't like looking at sin. I get very sad when I understand the depravity of sin and the trauma that it causes people. I remember the first time I heard your testimony, AJ, I, I just 
I still weep when I hear your testimony and realize the uh, the 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 suffering that you had to endure at the hands of sin. And so, yeah, I, I think some level of uncomfortableness is really, really healthy. Um, I think where we get into trouble is where we get a really big devil and a really small God. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go into it in more detail, like AJ said in episode 41, but in summary, my key verse for all this is First Peter 5, 8, where it says, Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So it's not that we have our head in the sand and are like, no, 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 the devil doesn't exist. He's not out to attack Christians. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, yeah, no, he, he really does look for people. But the key is found in that verse. Who is he looking for? He's looking for somebody who's neither alert nor sober-minded. Mm. And I don't know if we told a testimony about one of our um, people that we were leading. I don't want to go into it because it's on the one hand a really humorous story, but on the other hand a really tragic story. But basically this person got stoned and had a serious demonic attack and called freaking out. And I was like, oh, and he's like, have you ever heard anything like this? And I'm like, yeah, that's why scripture says be sober. Because when we get drunk, when we get high, when we outsource our faculties, um, when we are not alert, when we're not self-controlled, we actually give opportunity for the enemy to harass us. But I, I also think, you know, that that verse is really interesting. I think there's some truths in there that you'd have to know things about lions to understand as well. Like uh, I have a friend who grew up as a missionary in Africa, and one of the things that she said was that, you know, lions that are making noise, that are roaring, are older lions that are trying to scare you with their bark, basically. And so, you know, this is saying it's prowling around and and roaring. It's looking for an easy pickoff. It's looking for somebody who's unaware, uh, because actually it's, it's probably pretty old and not able to actually do the things that it says it can. Right. Um, so I think that's interesting too. Yeah, you can seriously minimize the warfare in your life by being sober and being alert. Yeah. I think it was David Wagner who said this. I love this line. He said, before the devil can have a stronghold, he needs a foothold. Yeah, so good. And Ephesians 4.27 just lists some of the things that gives the devil a foothold. Things like lying, sinning, going to bed angry. I don't know. what I learned that one as a child. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm. It's frustrating when you're married, isn't it? Well, I mean, thankfully we don't get angry that often, but yes. But when we are, I'm like... And you're like, I've got to stay awake repent. until we get this sorted out. <laughs> I'm not repenting this time. But we don't go bed angry. Nope. Um, and then in verse 31, you get the great list, you know, getting rid of things like bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. All those sorts of things give the devil a foothold. I, I Forget spiritual warfare for a second. I realize if I read WebMD... I become a hypochondriac. Yes, you do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or, You're like, I found a bump. It's, no, it's, no, it's brain just cancer. A, it's just a zit, babe. No, but so, you know, I've got that certain disposition where I tend to worry. And so I remember when I started in my journey of inner healing and deliverance, there's a danger that you think everything means something. And, you know, it probably does, but it also probably doesn't. And I, I found being led by the Holy Spirit brings huge peace to me. But Jill, I don't think you're alone. I think, like I said, when especially, you know, the Kilstras are just experts. And so some of the stuff that you're reading, you, you know, you're hungry, you're trying to learn. There's a tendency to try and apply that to your own life. And my encouragement is let other people journey you through that for you rather than jump into conclusions. I don't know if we've done a good job answering your question, Jill. 
I, I think you know what we mean, but if we didn't do a good job, just contact us and we'll try and do a better explanation. All right. The next one is by Brian. And Brian asks, I'm currently experiencing a new level of hunger to learn that I've never experienced before. And I finished more books this year already than I have in the past several years combined. And I'm loving it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm wondering if you would both share five books apart from the Bible that have had a really big impact on your life. Thanks. So, babe, do you want to go first? I will. I was, I mean, the easy top top two books off the top of my head, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit and Surprised by the Voice of God, both by Jack Deere. The reason they were so impacting for me is I was raised in a cessationist church. So I was raised in a Bible-believing church that taught that the gifts of the Spirit were no longer for today, which made me really, really sad because I was hoping there's going to be some cool stuff in the kingdom. And when I began seeing some of the cool stuff in the kingdom— I was worried I was being deceived. I was taught that these were counterfeit signs and wonders, that the devil was doing this to deceive the elect. And when I read Surprised by the Power of the Spirit, I literally could not believe that there was this brilliant theological treatise, really. This is a very accessible book written by a very, very intelligent man, Dr. Jack Deere. He was a professor um, at a cessationist Bible school, and he talks about his story of meeting John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement and having his whole mind opened to this and basically talks from Scripture about why he used to believe they were no longer for today and how from Scripture they are for today. An incredibly thorough examination of the topic. And then the subsequent book, Surprised by the Voice of God, is all about Jack's journey into understanding the gift of prophecy and dreams and visions and meeting prophets and you know, when I read it, I, I was just like, this is like gasoline. I, I loved it. And I try and make a habit of reading it. I don't, I don't read them every single year, but I do revisit them. And I'm always encouraged when I read them. So I'll put links in the show notes for both those books. The third book I read, and I'm, I'm going back to like pivotal moments of my, my life. So these books I haven't read recently, but The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting by Mahesh Shavda, Again, just could not believe what I was reading in the pages of this book. If you want to understand the power of prayer and fasting, if you want to read some some testimonies that you're like, wait a minute, I'd highly encourage you to read that book. And then my last two are more recent. Um, the Blessed Life by Robert Morris was given to me by our friend Lyle Phillips, just as on the one hand, the Lord was taking me hand by hand through this journey of understanding blessing. Lyle comes along, gives me a copy of this book. The Blessed Life by Robert Morris, phenomenal book, and and understanding generosity and God's blessing. It had me face down on the floor several times. I I could not believe what I was reading, and it was a huge challenge to me, and I've loved it. I'm about to reread it. And then this one is a bit of a cheat because this is a tome. I have not read this book cover to cover. It is a book called Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. It's designed to be dipped into. So there's chapters on every major theological principle, and I it is such a well-written book. Again, it's not um, inaccessible. Uh, anybody could read it. It is written by a theology professor, so you might be thinking, ah, this is just like high and lofty, and I won't understand the terms. But he's done a great job of making it accessible. So I, there's my five top books off the top of my head. Wow. 
um, I haven't really thought about my five. I mean, off the top of my head, the first one that I thought of was Grace and Forgiveness, which is by John and Carol Arnott. I nearly put that on my list, but I knew you would pick that. <laughs> and it's just a really short book, but it's so impactful. Um, and it just gives you some tools uh, to work through forgiveness and, and why you're doing it and, and how to work it through. Um, I was also thinking about, and this is a book for married couples, but uh, I really liked a book called Sheet Music. Um, and yeah, it, you it, did. It, it, it was all, you know, essentially it's about sex and, and things like that um, written by a Christian. And, and it's, sex and things like that? What well, are some other things well, that are like sex? Well, you know, relationship stuff, oh, you see. know, that kind of stuff. But okay. it, it is it is literally like he says in the opening of it, if, if you're not married, you can only read chapter one or something like that, you know. Um, we read it together on our honeymoon. We did. We take yeah. turns They're going to think we're like super nerds or something. If I was driving, he would read to me. Uh, it was lovely. And his Scottish accent was very strong back then. So, it, you know, it was, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine? <laughs> what are you looking at me for? I'm it was like, very sick. Put on your librarian glasses while you're telling this No, story. we have to pay attention. Okay, keep going. Okay. Um, so that, I thought of that one. I was super into... Uh, all the books about revivalists. So God's Generals was one of the books that I read. Um, and then uh, John G. Lake, there's one about John G. Lake that is just amazing and just sort of, you know, fills you with faith for the kinds of things that, that God can do and um, can use you to do. So I think those are both fantastic books. Um, I'm trying to think of something I've read recently. Hmm. Needing one more book. You can't use the ultimate Zelda compendium. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, I can't even figure out how that thing works. So, I mean, I've looked at it a couple of times and I'm like, I don't know. Um, I guess the last one I would recommend is a book called The Search for Significance. Now, this book is a beast. Like, it's it's a big book, um, but it's excellent. And it's such a great foundational kind of book for inner healing and uh, just really learning who you are and, and who the Father is to you and all that kind of stuff. At one time, it was required reading for people on the ministry team in Toronto. Yes, that's why I read it. That's why I read The Beast. Um, but it's it's a big book, but it's it's great. All right, Brian, I hope that's helpful for you. Can I add one more book? I know I did five. Sure, go for a bonus level. Um, just, I tend to read like sort of practical books um, and I would honestly say one of the books that's helped me the most as a parent is a book called Baby Wise. Mm-hmm. So it's actually called On Becoming Baby Wise. But if you say Baby Wise, you'll, you'll be able to find it. But um, it's excellent and just super helpful in, in helping, um, you know, new parents or maybe even parents that are like, wow, it was really difficult. The last infant was really difficult. I wonder if there's a different way of doing this. Um there might be. It's a great book. There we go. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being with us this week. Um, our regular programming will return next week. If you want tickets for the Source Conference, again, head over to gracecenter.us slash source, and we look forward to seeing as many of you as possible can make it. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, head over to ellenandaj.com slash 187. Otherwise, have an incredible week, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts.
Trust in the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan yeah. and AJ oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 